On this episode, we're going to take a look at a collection of documented accounts reported by members of the police services concerning encounters with the paranormal. One event even getting interest from a clandestine government agency. Join me, your host, Reeves Cook, as we take a step into the strange world of police and the paranormal. Welcome to Paratalk. Castle Vale is a housing estate located on the outskirts of the city of Birmingham. The Castle Vale estate was built in the 1960s, initially welcomed by residents, but later, due to mass unemployment in the 1980s, along with a deterioration in housing, the estate slowly fell into disrepute. Over the recent years, the housing estate has undergone a process of much improvement. A vast number of its original high-rise tower blocks have now been demolished and replaced with low-rise housing. But in the late 1980s, all high-rise tower blocks were still standing and the estate was plagued with high levels of crime. Popular with car thieves due to its numerous maze-like alleyways, making it easy to escape the police. On this particular night in question, our police constable was part of a two-man mobile patrol tasked with patrolling the estate. The time was around 3am and they decided to park up for a while on one of the main roads of the estate. As the two men sat chatting, something astonishing happened, which instantly perplexed both of the individuals. Out of nowhere, an intense burst of white light lit up the inside of the police vehicle. Both men watched in amazement as what they could only describe as a brilliant white ball-sized sphere flew silently straight past their vehicle, travelling at a tremendous speed a few feet above the road's surface. Such was the incredible speed the brilliant white sphere had travelled a considerable distance away from them, then, and without slowing down, it turned a sharp 90 degrees to the left, disappearing out of sight. In an instant, they started their patrol car and started driving at speed towards the junction where they believed the glowing sphere had turned its sharp 90 degrees to the left, only to discover it wasn't in fact a road junction, but a pedestrian walkway. Both men were left perplexed and at a loss as to what they have just experienced. They both agreed it was far too fast and silent to be a car or a motorbike. To this day, neither have an answer to what they experienced on that cold, dark morning all those years ago. Aldridge is a town and a formal civil parish in the Warsaw Borough, West Midlands, England. It is historically a village that was part of Staffordshire until 1974. Due to the nature of police work, most, if not all, have attended at least one remarkable situation which will remain in their memory. But for our individual, one event stands out and has stayed with him for his whole career. He enjoyed a long police career and retired as a chief inspector, but in his retirement 
he wonders whether his past experiences had an impact on his career in the eyes of some individuals that he'd worked with. Let us go back to August 8th, 1971. Our individual was working at Oldbridge Police Station on a 6pm to 2am shift as a divisional patrol driver. With only a few minutes left to the end of his shift, he was in the station having a cup of tea before leaving for his trip for home. One of the desk phones rang and he duly answered it. It was a member of the public who had been out walking his dog. The caller introduced himself and then related the following information to the officer. The caller said, You'll probably think I'm crackers, but there's a UFO above Bun's garage. The man continued saying that if they came out of the station that they would be able to see it for themselves. Writing down the caller's details and thanking him, our police constable then informed the duty sergeant and the other officers present. They all then ventured out to the front of the station. Looking in the general direction of Bun's garage, they could all see a brightly lit object hovering high in the night sky. Their divisional patrol car always had a 35mm camera as part of its equipment, so the police constable grabbed it and took some pictures. The garage was only about 500 metres away, less than half a mile. Together with the sergeant and the two other constables, they drove over and parked on the garage's forecourt. High in the sky, about 600 metres, about 1,600 feet, was a bright oval object. They described the shape similar to a zeppelin, cigar-shaped. It was not possible to make out any discernible colour other than it was very bright. The constable continued to take photographs. By this time, a small group of the general public had gathered, also looking at the object. Jim, the sergeant, drove to Bar Beacon, a short distance away, one of the highest points in the West Midlands, and it gives a panoramic view of the surrounding area. It was an ideal place to get a better view of this mysterious object. Jim, the sergeant, radioed back, saying that he had a good view of the object. Our constable kept the control room at Stafford informed of what was taking place. He was also informed later the object had also been picked up on the radar at Birmingham Airport. The object remained motionless and silent in the early morning sky for well over an hour before moving out of sight, heading in the general direction of West Bromwich, a market town in the borough of Sandwell, West Midlands. When the object was out of sight, all returned to the station and made an entry in the occurrence book. Our constable was expected back on duty the following day, working a 2pm to 10pm shift. When he arrived back at work, he was straight out of the station, dispatched to escort a wide vehicle coming from the A5 main road to the boundary with Birmingham. When he handed over his escort, he was told to return to Oldbridge immediately. The chief constable wanted a word. His first thoughts were, what have I done now? The PC didn't get asked to contact the chief constable that often. Back at the station, he rang HQ and was put through to the chief. The chief constable asked him to get his camera from last night and get it to him as soon as possible. At the HQ, he went straight to the chief photographer and waited a while to get the film processed. On the developed film, there are about 15 photographs of an unidentified object. Once prints were taken from the negatives and on closer inspection, it actually looked like there were apertures on the side of what looked like an actual craft. He took the photograph straight to the chief, who thanked him and explained that they would be examined in greater detail by others. He wasn't told who the others were. Subsequently, all police who had attended the incident were required to submit written statements for the Ministry of Defence. He had no idea what happened to the pictures, or who the others were, but only two photographs from the set were ever released to the media, and neither of those two images showed any detail that had featured on some of the other pictures. He did a collection of television interviews 
and a few other people came to speak with him, including an American expert who flew over specifically to interview him. This expert concluded that it was a bright planet. Planets don't have apertures or show up on airport radar systems. This account is still considered one of the best unsolved UFO sightings in the Midlands area. The incident was briefly mentioned in a book, UFOs and Flying Saucers Over Britain, by Robert Chapman. The book also records that a few hours before the Oldbridge sighting, two men in Tynemouth, Northumberland, observed an object in the sky with the assistance of a small telescope. They described the object as a disc seen sideways. It was also yellowish in the centre with red tips and at times seemed to be surrounded by a bluish haze. Could this have been the same object? In the early 1990s, a police constable was posted to a patrol car covering the King Standing area to the north of Birmingham. King Standing is medieval and derives from its later use as a standing, which is a grassy mound situated on the King Standing Road, a location where the king could wait to have his deer driven past so that he could hunt with a fair chance of success. Now, in modern times, it's mainly residential area, consisting of housing estates which were built from 1928 onwards. From a policing perspective, the area can get very busy and there is always something to do. In the early hours of this particular morning, a call came through informing us that a woman was being attacked in a house in Streetham Grove. The call had been placed by the next door neighbour who reported that they could hear the assault taking place while they were on the phone. Our policeman arrived at the location in question and everything seemed quiet no lights on or any noise coming from the house where the incident was believed to be. He went to the caller's address, tapping on the door, and a person who had made the call answered. They explained that they had heard shouting and banging coming from the house next door. The house was a semi-detached house, joined by a dividing wall, and there was a very elderly lady who lived there alone. The neighbours were clearly very concerned about what they had heard, and they were certain that the sound was that of a violent incident. The policeman returned to the property in question and knocked loudly on the front door. Everything appeared to be quiet and there was no sign of forced entry. After a short wait, the door was answered by an old lady who had clearly been woken up by the policeman's knocking loudly at the front door. She seemed very confused to see the policeman standing at her front door. The policeman explained why he was there and why he was knocking so loudly at her door. He also explained that her neighbours were very concerned about what they had heard and called the police. The old lady was clearly safe and well, and had not been attacked. The PC asked if she had left the television or radio on before she had gone to bed. She assured him she had not. Then, very calmly, the lady explained that she had been having some problems with what she believed was a malevolent spirit, and that she would arranged for a local priest to come round to her house in the next few days to perform an exorcism. The policeman wished the old lady a good night and went back round to the neighbours to explain what he had been told. The neighbours understandably were very baffled and a little bit shocked about the reason given for all the commotion. Briary Hill, West Midlands, the summer of 1976. Our individual in question was a duty inspector working nights at Briarley Hill. Briarley Hill was a small town forming part of the Dudley Metropolitan Borough. The duty inspector has been out on a patrol and it's about midnight. 
He had returned to the station, and while walking into the front office, he noticed a young couple talking to a constable at the inquiry desk. As the constable saw him, he looked over with the expression that suggested he needed some help and maybe a little bit of guidance. The young couple went on to explain that they believed that some sort of paranormal incident was taking place in their home. They believed that there was some sort of spirit in their young daughter's bedroom. While the young couple explained their situation, another constable then walked into the police station who was uncommitted. So both the duty inspector and the free constable would return with them to their home. The location of the couple's home was in an area of land known locally as the Rectory Fields. The couple's home was a fairly modern, semi-detached house. When they arrived, their next-door neighbours were sitting in their lounge looking after the couple's four-year-old daughter. The little girl appeared very calm and did not seem to be worried in any way. Upon speaking to the girl, who confirmed that she was not frightened, it was then explained by her parents and two officers that whenever the young girl went to leave the room, the spirit became very restless. They then asked the girl to get out of bed and go downstairs to be with her mother. As soon as she got out of bed, a frantic banging in the corner of the room started. They recall that it sounded like something was either on the other side of the wall or trapped in the wall itself. The longer the young girl stayed downstairs, the more and more frenzied and louder the banging became. There didn't seem to be anything in the room that could be making such a noise. They all went downstairs as the banging continued. Together with the constables, they went next door with the neighbours to see if anything in their house was a possible source of the noise. They could find no explanation for the noise in the adjoining neighbour's home. When they all went back upstairs and as the little girl entered her bedroom, the noise began to diminish. As she climbed into her bed, the noise completely stopped. The young girl was still not frightened in any way. As soon as she got out of bed, the banging started again, louder and louder. It was decided for everyone to leave the house and stand outside. They contacted the police control room and asked to arrange for a local vicar to meet with the police at the house right away. While everyone stood outside of the house, the duty inspector took his baton and rapped on the wall of the house with a distinct pattern. The banging suddenly stopped for a moment and then started again, repeating the duty inspector's pattern. He did it again but with a different pattern, and the same thing happened as previously. Then persistent and frenzied banging started again. When the vicar arrived, it was explained to him what was happening, although he could clearly hear the noise from outside for himself. The vicar then asked for both police to go with him into the bedroom and pray. Once inside the bedroom, the vicar called upon the spirit to leave. The banging became louder and louder, but the vicar calmly continued praying until the noise subsided into silence. The little girl was put back into bed, and after a short while, her mother called her and asked her to come downstairs. This time, there was no banging, and it seemed to be all quiet. Maybe the spirit had left.